Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. I'm glad to see you guys. Um, I'm, I'm, um, I'm at work and it's been a really long day and um, I've been on my feet all day, but this is what happened. This time happened and I'm here and um, Lewis asked me to speak and I try to say yes, even if it seems unlikely or impossible <laughs> or difficult, um, but it's actually worked out. I'm, I'm here alone in this room. I, I work in a bookstore. You can probably see behind me. Um, and um, it's been it's been really incredible time. The pandemic has had a huge impact on my schedule and my time and my my psyche. Just wow. But I can say that I'm I'm grateful that I'm a compulsive overeater because I have boundaries around my food and boundaries around myself and boundaries that involved with other people that I just really didn't have before I came in here. Um, things happen and I have difficult times, but I feel like I'm learning to feel my feelings and to accept myself as I am. But, um, but anyway, if there's newcomers, I, I feel like I, I don't know that there are, I'm, I'm on my phone, so I can't really see very many of you, your little tiny screens. Let's see, maybe if I turn it this way, do you get bigger? Oh yeah. Oh, you get bigger. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Um, um, I'll just say that I, I, I'm, um, grateful to be here and grateful to be abstinent. I'm, I've been in OA since, um, gosh, this might be my 19th year, my 20th year something like that. Um, I came in, um, after I had, um, been to Weight Watchers again. Um, I had lost the weight again. Um, I was busily gaining it back and I was demoralized by that process. Um, I was unwilling to take care of myself. Like one minute I knew what to do with my food. I thought I did, you know, I was just going to follow this plan. And then what felt like the next minute I became completely unwilling to do the things that I knew were good for me to do. And that really mystified me. Um, anyway, I lacked the willingness to care for myself. Um, I lacked the willingness. I just, I mean, what had happened was something very big and it, and it meant that I just was kind of out of, I was out of connection with myself, I guess, or I just lost the ability to boss myself around. <laughs> and I think that actually it's possible that, um, that I would have just gained all the possible weight I ever could. I just felt this drive to die. You know, and it was partly that my mother had died. She was my second parent to die. Um, I was really attached to her. You could say I was like overmerged with her. And my way of, way of dealing with her and dealing with her alcoholism and dealing with the family dramas around that was to just try to be perfect, except for that I would eat to comfort myself. So I just tried to show up and do everything that she wanted. I was like the caretaker she always wanted. Of her four children, I was the favorite one. And I did everything that I couldn't, I knew intuitively what she needed. And I feel like food was my way of coping with the fact that my needs were not being met. 
I just never really had enough nurturing from her. Um, of course, I loved her deeply and truly, and I was crushed by her death. Uh, and so crushed that it, it like woke up this grief in me that was bigger than I could even deal with. I mean, she was my second parent to die. I had a small child at the time, but the only solution that I had was food and it just wasn't going to work, you know? And um, so I had always had food issues. I'd always had weight issues. I'd always had self-esteem issues. Um, on top of that, I had never been even attracted to somebody who was even semi-sane or not an alcoholic. Like I was just, you know, even though I tried to hold it all together, I, so I found myself right before I came into OA, I found myself married to a man that I love deeply. I'm still married to him. He's an alcoholic and he was violent and it was terrible. I mean, I felt that I was living in the fucking toilet and yet out of that terrible situation, I began to set boundaries with him around that. I began to try to take care of my body and my weight. But then when my mother died, the whole thing just went completely crazy. And um, as I reached the year mark of her death, all the weight I had gained was coming back on. And as I got to that year mark, I was miserable. And That's I, five minutes. okay. And I went to an OA meeting. And at that point, um, I had met people in AA who had recovery and I grew up around addicts and I, I really believe recovery is possible. I just didn't know it was possible for me because I didn't know that I was an addict. I didn't know that I was compulsive about food. I could see that I was compulsive about other people, but I couldn't really see how my food was a compulsion. And then that kind of veil started to get lifted. The more I met people who had the serenity that recovery offers, I really wanted that. And I was, I was ashamed to come into OA because I had it all together. It seemed like, you know, they, my last name is Moskowitz and they say, she's pretty sane for a Moskowitz. Like that was the thing. Like I was okay. Nobody else was, but I was okay. Except for that. When I tried to deal with my food, like I couldn't show up for myself. I would set unrealistic boundaries. I would, uh, anyway, I came to OA, came to a meeting. I hated it. I hated, hated, hated it. I thought it was a cult. I hated the word God. I hated talking to everyone. I was them talking to me. But I met some people that I really believed had what I wanted. And one of them is still my sponsor now. Um, another one uh, asked me to come to speak at this meeting. And they really helped me understand that this is a program about me and that I am compulsive about food and that I need help and that recovery can work for me. So. Um, I didn't get abstinent right away. Um, I had to work with my sponsor. I didn't have a higher power. Um, I don't think there was any way I was even going to, I had no willingness to do anything, but show up to a meeting, but that turned out to be good news because all you got to do is show up, you know? Um, and then my sponsor, um, who I didn't want her to be my sponsor. I didn't want to sponsor, but she started calling me. And I liked her. Actually, she scared me, truthfully. She scared me. But I trust her and I like her. And all these years later, she's still, she's still there for me. And I call her and we're working on the steps. And we're coming on the end of step 12. We've been through them a number of times. And, you know, I, I really think that what has happened is, is that I have moved far enough into the center of my own life 
that it's possible for me not to act out on my compulsions towards other people. And that that really makes it possible for me to have three meals a day and not die in between, you know, and to have certain boundaries about food, not eat them, you know, and to sometimes have a day where I feel fat and then just realize I'm crazy and call someone and they say, you know, fat's not a feeling like, ah, you know, like I am a compulsive eater and I need recovery because it isn't really going to go away. But the great news is, is that there's this whole other fellowship of people who are in this with me and that I'm not alone. So where I was before I came in was I thought that I had to fix myself. And if I couldn't, I had to pretend I was okay. And now I, I see that that's, that that's not the case, that I don't have to fix myself. I'm not actually broken. I'm a human being who has certain compulsions and certain tendencies and that there's help available for me if I'm willing to do some pretty straightforward things, just show up and do the work. Um, so anyway, I go every week and I have for years to the Tuesday night big book study meeting. Um, I, I believe in the big book. I, again, I don't believe in God, but I believe in the big book and I like to read it. And I like, I relate to the stories and I found that, that even though it's very dated and it's whatever it is, it, it speaks to me and the other people who come to the meeting and they tell this, we talk about the stories and they, they show me how the stories about alcoholics hitting bottom are really stories about me it, emotionally. It's stories about me. It just really has, has helped me. And, um, one example of how I've grown, um, from what's going on with me right now. Um, I was, I have to go to these complicated zoom meetings with my staff and it's very, very stressful. And I've been told by the attorney who's at those meetings that I'm not supposed to speak. So I'm just listening. Yeah. And it's really difficult for me. Um, and, but it's helped me because before the meetings, I do a lot of sitting quietly. I understand how hard this is for me, how much I want to speak, how angry I am at these people, how I want to tell them what's wrong with them, how I want to blame them for how upset I am. And being told to be quiet, like that has really, it's not punishment. It's just the, the, the diplomacy we're trying. So there's not a moral thing. I just need to be quiet. So I've learned that it's really important on those days, especially that I take extra time to meditate. And That's to sit quiet. Okay. Um, and so in the morning when I'm going to have a difficult day, I, I don't do what I used to do which is get myself all worked up and angry and practice what I'm going to say to every friend I have about how everybody deserves my wrath and blah, 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 and how could they? And like the drama has really leveled, leveled off. I'm going through something painful that would be painful for everyone, but I don't have to prove it to everyone. I can just sit and feel my feelings and then arrive on time and do my part and go one step at a time through life you know, on, on life's terms. And um, I think getting clear about the food and my problems with food has given me the strength to look at myself. Um, and one of the things that I saw this morning, I was trying to be really mad at somebody and trying to be really punishing and thinking that they deserve it. And, you know, it's one, it's weird that I would try to be that other person that I'm not. I mean, I'm fundamentally a very rational and kind person, and that's who I need to be, 
even if the situation is provocative, no matter what everybody else needs does, I need to be who I am at the end of the day. And I can't be somebody else. And the idea this morning that I could go through today as a kind person, you know, not as a hard boundaried person who's always right. And you should all agree with me, but just as the kind person that I know I am. And it's like to sit in that, like that my actions speak for me, that I don't need to defend myself. And um, that just comes from doing the steps and having your help. So um, anyway, it was still a hard day and it's not over. But at the end of this day, I feel way better about myself than I did before when this kind of thing would happen. And that's really important because, you know, I'm in here with me and it's not so much what I look like or what you think about me as how do I feel about myself? Who am I? And um, that's two, two minutes. Okay, thanks. Um, I guess, I guess if, if I get to pick a topic, I just, I love to hear about your experience with that. Like, have you found yourself? I mean, that sounds like a cliche, but have you become closer to yourself in this process? And, and how has abstaining helped you befriend the person that you found in there? Um, yeah, so, and again, kindness, you know, are you kind to yourself? Were you kind to someone today? And how important is kindness? Um, so thanks, Lewis, for asking me. Thank you guys for being there. I can't wait for when we can meet in person. I hate Zoom. Um, but I love you guys. So anyway, that's it. Thank you.